0: with their season on the line here in the third period. Some crafty skating there yeah. by Ashley McFadden. She's able to get the wrist shot off. Baker saw that one all the way. He's able to kick it aside. Maddie Patrick wow. with the slapper. and What a shot by Patrick. That was something else. A ripper by Patrick. I- Hey everybody, my name is Jake, and alongside me is Corey of CITR Sports, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9, always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories. Bit of a smaller booth for today's show. (laughs) It's reading week, there's only two of us here, everyone else has gone, but it's a good thing both of us are here because there's a lot to recap, a lot of important stuff happened, And it was a very up-and-down weekend for UBC as a whole. Both hockey and volleyball saw one team do fantastic and the other do not-so-fantastic. Men's basketball stumbled out of the gate but managed to progress through their first playoff test. And both baseball and softball split their four-game weekend series. But we're going to start with some
1: playoffs. We're starting with hockey. Yeah, women's hockey to be specific now, the women's hockey series, If this one went very, very smoothly. If every playoff series that we had here at UBC could go like this one, we'd all have lower stress rates, lower heart rates. It would be fantastic. UBC cruised in the two straight victories, posting a 5 nothing shutout on Friday before keeping up the energy in a 5-1 win on Saturday. I sound like a broken record here, but goalie Tori McLash, who was just named to the Canada West first team, she was the star for both nights. The offense was great, but they hardly even needed it with her being a brick wall in net.
0: Yeah, McLash's stat line was phenomenal. The Cougars got one goal past her over the weekend. They only managed 32 shots, which isn't great, but she stopped all but one, posted a uh, 0.50 goals against average and a sweet 9.69 save percentage. That's all you could ask from your goalie yeah, right there. Yeah, that
1: gets you on the uh, Canada West first team for yep. sure. Yep. That's Definitely deserved. deserve that one. So game one, this one... Wasn't even close. We had five different Thunderbirds scoring the five goals. Emily Costales, Ashley McFadden, Madison Patrick, Emily Moore, and Hannah Clayton Carroll were all the ones that netted for the T Birds. And
0: assists came from everywhere as well. Very balanced attack in this one. Kenzie Robinson, Logan Boyd, Matea Fisher all managed two assists. Six different Thunderbirds notched assists in total, just Complete dominance, yeah, from up and UBC. down the lineup
1: all, all of the lines were contributing in this one. It was great to see and the shot totals as well. they've troubled the women's team throughout the year, but on Friday, this was not an issue by the end of the game the the T birds had racked up twenty nine against only seventeen for Regina and that's
0: something that, that they've really improved on in recent weeks. It was something that uh, Eric, especially when you when he was uh, leading these hockey sections, he'd continually harp on it early on, like yeah, the, they're great defensively, but the offense doesn't really help out the defense. The offense has been helping out the defense recently. Totally,
1: All those scoreless first periods that they had yeah. a few yeah, months yeah, ago, yeah. It, yeah, they've totally flipped the script. It's great to see. And then Saturday's game, it was not quite as dominant, but the difference between Friday and Saturday was marginal. It was a 5-1 victory. I, oh, this, I can't believe they really yeah, really they, let their foot off the gas They let that there. one in. So again, this came courtesy of McLash's presence in goal and a well-rounded attack from the Thunderbirds. After Fisher and Brielle Bellarive staked UBC to a 2-0 lead in the first, JC Magwood cut the deficit in half for the Cougars by tucking in the rebound from a Tamara McVannell point shot. That was as close as Regina would get, though, as the T Birds would add three more through Clayton Carroll, Hannah Carroll, and Patrick. That was the goal we heard in the opener to book their spot in the Canada West semifinals, hardly breaking a sweat in the process.
0: And Cougars really fell apart near the end of this one. 62 penalty minutes as a team, including three game misconducts, two of them handed out to the coaches. Just all around meltdown from the Cougars, UBC, took advantage of those power play opportunities, two goals on this uh, special teams, Fisher
1: and Clayton Carroll. Yeah. And Matea Fisher, she had that goal that we mentioned. She also notched three assists. That gave her five helpers and six points total in the brief series. For her efforts, she was awarded the Canada West First Star of the Week. A lot of accolades being thrown around that women's hockey team. And that was awesome stuff for the senior from Norway.
0: Yeah, and both uh, Clayton Carroll and Michaela Agrodzinuk also had multiple assist games. Two assists for both of them there, and Grotzenek saw her uh, some off-ice uh, drama as well as uh, the on-ice success there.
1: Yeah, so if you're unfamiliar with this story, Michaela Grotzenek recently posted on Twitter calling out UBC essentially for the fact that they always schedule playoff games if there's both a women's team and a men's team playing for the same sport. They will always put the women's team first and the men's team later. In that primetime spot. In that primetime spot, so if people have classes, they aren't necessarily able to go to the women's game, but the men's game they can make it to. She brought this to people's attention on Twitter. She mentioned the fact that the women's team had a better record. They were finished higher in the standings than the men's teams this year, and they were still kind of thrown to the curb by UBC with the scheduling process. But UBC has just announced that they are going to change that policy moving (laughs) forward. We do have more information on our CITR Sports Facebook page. We covered the whole story there. So if you're interested, check that out.
0: Yeah, Thunderbirds, next up for them, the second seed Manitoba Bisons in the conference semifinals. That will be on the road starting on Friday in Winnipeg. It's going to be a very tough test for the Thunderbirds. The two teams split their season series 2-2, each squad notching one home win, run, one uh, road win very even heading into uh, this matchup.
1: Yeah, but looking at the way they were playing this weekend and just going back a few weeks, I mean, this is there's reason for optimism here. Mm-hmm. They're rolling
0: right yeah. now. This is exactly how you want to see them playing in, uh, as they head towards their biggest test of the season. Yeah,
1: no, I'm looking forward to it. Now, when it comes to the men's team, it, were, it was a different set of Cougars and a different result for them. Whereas the women severely outmatched their opponents on the ice, the men battled all weekend long with Mount Royal. UBC dropped game one by a score of four to two, then salvaged game two three to one before falling five to two in what was their final game of the season. Though the score lines don't show it, both games two and three were one goal games down to the wire before empty netters widened the deficits. Ultimately the T Birds fought hard, but it was not meant to be. Yeah, Ryland Toth
0: also did very well put on his best Tory McLash impression for the Thunderbirds. goals against in the series. Not great, but safe percentage of just under 920 on the 86 shots he faced over the weekend. Kept it closer than maybe it could have been for the Thunderbirds. You can't fault his playing goal. Yeah,
1: no, he he did as much as he could. And it was just the offense in front of him that kind of let him down. Yeah, the Cougars came out guns blazing in game one. They seemed to catch the Thunderbirds off guard a little bit. Riley Lindgren scored the only goal for Mount Royal in this period, but it was only Toth's superb play that gave the Thunderbirds a chance. He stopped a further 12 shots in that first period. Yeah, Cord Pen Pankowitz sc- scored a second in the second
0: period on the power play, double the lead. Tyler Sandu... Brought one back to make it a one-goal game once again. From there, Thunderbirds, they carried the play before Chris Gary canceled all that momentum, restored a two-goal lead for the Cougars. Then Mount Royal added an empty netter to make it 4-1 before UBC's Maxwell James scored uh, probably the definition of a consolation goal. Oh, he yeah. made it 4-2 with one second left in the game. I mean,
1: padding your stats, <laughs> I can't fault him.
0: I guess the Cougars goalie just fell asleep he wasn't really too worried anymore
1: can't blame him they won that game yeah well maybe they turned some momentum from that last second goal into some better play in game two because they had the threat of elimination looming over their heads and they bounced back considerably Toth again came in clutch whenever his name was called while the defenders around him held back the tide the Cougars actually managed a goal on their first shot of the game in this one but from then on the doors were shut Two more Tyler Sandu goals in the second gave UBC their first lead of the series while an empty netter sealed the deal and brought on a decisive game three. I mean, things looked really dicey early
0: in this game. Cougars scored less than a minute in on the first shot of the game for them and on the, uh, it was shorthanded. Yeah. Definitely an uh, an ominous beginning for the Thunderbirds in this one, but...
1: They fought back, in this in Game 2. they really turned this one around. From then on, Toth and the gang snapped out of it. They put forward one of their best defensive performances of the season. The T-Birds paraded to the penalty box in the first period, giving up four power play chances and a two-man advantage to the Cougars. Not ideal there. No, not great. (laughs) However, the Mount Royal power play unit was stymied time and again, giving momentum back to the Birds.
0: Yeah, Sandu, great offensively, scored uh, both goals for UBC. Two fantastic wrist shots. Colton Keller grabbed assists on both.
1: Then Austin Bedwell grabbed an empty netter to solidify the win. And it was all for naught. Sunday's series decider was a heartbreaker. For the first time all weekend long, the T-Birds managed to grab a first-period lead, but from then on were held totally in check. After Jarrett Smith and Adam Rossignol gave the T-Birds a 2-1 lead going into the first intermission, it was all Cougars to close out the game, with four unanswered firmly shutting the door on UBC's semifinal aspirations. Ouch. Yeah.
0: Jamal Watson gave Mount Royal one nothing lead less than five minutes into the first. Again, giving up that early goal, not ideal. But they but bounced back Thunderbirds again. bounced back in that first period. Captain Jarrett Smith, who was named to Canada West, uh, all second team for the season. He made it 1-1 before Rossignol scored his first of the playoffs with two and a half minutes left in the first. But then... Everything went bad.
1: Yeah, everything changed in the second period. Riley Lindgren scored three minutes in to tie the game. Then Core Pankowitz added a marker of his own five minutes afterwards. The third period then was just oh so disappointing for the T-Birds. They managed to keep the lead only down to one throughout, but managed a dismal four shots.
0: Yeah, that's not what you want when you're trying to mount a comeback with your playoff lives on the line. No,
1: that was unfortunate. Yeah. Finally, when they were forced to pull Toth, they gave up two empty netters to Brad Kennedy and Connor Chartier, and at that point, the game was out of reach.
0: And congratulations. Mount Royal advanced to their fifth straight conference semifinals. Great run for them. They're going to face Saskatchewan. Meanwhile, UBC will bid farewell to a good number of their seniors. Adam Rossignol, Michael Stenerson, Chase Clayton, Devin Fafard, Riley Gunther, Raymond Gruel, and Josh Connolly have all played their final games in the blue and gold. Uh, congratulations to them for their UBC careers. Wish it could have gone a bit better in yeah, the end. Yeah, of course. But uh, what can you do, I guess? What can you do? The other playoff sport is basketball. Men's basketball team, they also got their postseason run underway this past weekend. And like the women's basketball team, they lost their first game. It was to UFV. Thankfully, unlike the women's team, it was a best-of-three series. Thunderbirds had a chance to come back. They did. They won the next two games to advance to the Canada West semifinals. That first loss was 92-79, to with UBC scoring less than 80 points for the third straight game, dating back to the final two games of the regular season. Yeah, that
1: obviously did not bode well, but they managed to turn it around. The good news, though, for the Thunderbirds was that Manroop Clare came back. That's big. Yeah. Really big. He made his return on Thursday. The bad news, though, he did only shoot five for 15. The Thunderbirds as a team shot just 34% from the field, and minus Grant Shepard, who actually had a great game, the rest of the team shot 15 for 56. That's 15 for 56. That's it's not what you want to see Not, it, out, of, not uh, good. out of a team
0: that's supposed to be a national contender. Not good, champ. Uh, Shepard was the lone bright light. He scored a game-high 29 points on 12 of 23 shooting, along with 12 rebounds. Grant Odu was the next best offensively, scoring 17 points on 6 of 15 shooting. And when someone shooting 6 for 15 is your second most efficient offensive player, that's it's not good. No, it, e- even, it really isn't.
1: Even though Shepard's playing like a beast... Can't have one guy carrying the entire team. Yeah, though, what it's worth here, the UBC offense played subpar in this one, but Fraser Valley, this is a crazy stat. They hit 17 three pointers in this game. Mark Johnson and Parm Baines both had five.
0: Yeah, they yeah. didn't shoot nearly as well from 3 in the second and third games. That definitely was a huge factor in that yeah. first loss. Second game, complete flip. Thunderbirds blew out the Cascades 85-58. to Shepard again double-doubled, 21 points, 10 rebounds on 8 of 11 shooting. Super efficient there. Jaden Cohe put up 20 points and 6 assists. And this time it was UFV. They shot 34% from the field. Thunderbirds hit
1: 45% of their shots. This was more what we expected. I think UBC was actually only up 5 points at halftime in this one but they outscored UFE 44 to 22 in the second half. The Cascades, doing their best Thunderbirds impression, shot 7 for 30 from the field and 1 for 12 from 3 in the third and fourth quarters. It reminds
0: me of my favorite saying. You know, to win twin games
1: you got to make shots.
0: Yeah. If you make shots, you look really good. If you don't make shots, you don't look good. Yeah, that uh, was
1: on full display this weekend (laughs) in both of those games. One team
0: made shots. They won the game. Thunderbirds also forced 19 turnovers. Committed just eight themselves. Took twice as many free throws as the Cascades. They shot 18 for 26 from the line. Very dominant performance. That win... Meant that a decisive third game was played here at War Memorial Gym, and it was the Thunderbirds, thankfully, who were victorious in a wire-to-wire 85 to 73 victory. With foul trouble limiting Shepard to just 23 minutes, it was Claire shook off the rust, racked up 29 points to lead the team while hitting five threes, really showing uh, what they were missing these last couple exactly, weeks. Exactly, yeah. Kohe scored 20 for the second straight game, and Shepard was still able to add 15 points on 5-9 and nine shooting in his limited action, and he was named Canada West second star of the week, very deserved, uh, totally. carrying UBC offensively for a lot of this weekend series. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, two players, though, in supporting roles that stepped up, Patrick Simon and Mason Boursier, Simon pulled down a game-high 14 rebounds to go with 9 points and 2 blocks, while Boursier played all but 1 minute, recording 8 points, 5 rebounds, and 7 assists.
0: Yeah, is really the the glue guy, if you will, for this team, contributing all across the stat sheet, even though he doesn't score a ton usually. But someone who does score a ton, yeah. that's Van Routt-Claire. 29 points, his highest total since January 12th, his third highest of the season. And if he can be back to his best in the semifinals against Alberta, and remember, even though Alberta swept UBC... Claire didn't play neither of those games, and if he's back to his scoring ways, Thunderbirds will be a very different team than the one they were to close the regular season.
1: Yeah, we could really use a good performance, a performance like that again. Yeah, definitely.
0: And uh, my favorite player, Lincoln Rosebush. Fortunately, he did not play. You know, sorry, in this Jake. game, but Isaiah Familia played that Rosebush role to perfection. Six-one guard scored just two points, pulled down ten rebounds in seventeen minutes of action. <laughs> Absolutely incredible stuff. That's what I love
1: to see. Keep it up, Isaiah. <laughs> Great work. Next up, the Thunderbirds take a trip back to Alberta to take on the Golden Bears, Golden Pandas, whatever you want to call them, who, as we just mentioned, took down the Thunderbirds in the last weekend of the regular season and stole the second seed out from under them through the cold, unfeeling hands of RPI.
0: Unbelievable. Thunderbirds finished two games better. And Alberta gets the second seed. Over UBC gets that home court advantage.
1: Hey, prove prove that they were wrong. <laughs> prove that they should. I guess. Be, yeah, yeah, this
0: is their chance to really prove themselves. But uh, Alberta had a very similar quarterfinal series to UBC. They lost game one as well to Lethbridge. A uh, big upset there. But then the Golden Panthers rebounded. They won their next two to force this big clash. The two and three seeds of the conference, with the winner likely taking on the
1: uh, still undefeated Calgary Dinos. That's it's a very scary proposition there. Hey, you got to get there though to win yep. it. So focus on this weekend. We're going to turn to softball now. The Thunderbird softball team opened up their season in the land where palm trees sway, playing a four-game series against the fantastically named Chaminade Silver Swords in Honolulu. Games one and two came on Sunday with the T-Birds dropping the first three to 3-2 before bouncing back to nab a 7-6 victory in the afternoon. Yeah, Chaminade foiled
0: UBC in the first game. It was very close, though. Both teams... Got off to hot starts with Jordan Britton Young driving in Claire Eccles and Mia Valk for the Thunderbirds in the top of the 1st. The Swords responded in quick order. UBC pitcher Shelby Kempel allowed a bases loaded walk before giving up a single to Malia Kakimaka Moisa that tied the game in the bottom of the first.
1: Nice job on that Thank Hawaiian you. name. Thank you. I was
0: practicing that one. Yeah,
1: that's a tough one. The score remained knotted at two until Shamanad made Emily Chorpita a pay for a fielding error on an Ashland Yeagan chopper to left, scoring on the mishandling of the ball to give Chaminade a 3-2 advantage. That score would stand, and thanks to the errors in the game three by UBC and two by the Swords no run was earned yeah, a lot of errors is it's humid there ball might be a little bit slippery you know <laughs> Th- yeah, these we'll give them happen. the benefit of the doubt
0: game two a lot better hitting from both teams UBC jumped out to a seven to two lead in the six thanks to two balls hit over the fence from Claire Eccles and Sierra Sherritt before Chaminade nearly clawed back they had four runs of their own in the bottom of the six in
1: Odd circumstances, I'll say. Very, very odd circumstances. So we mentioned that UBC allowed a bases-loaded walk in the first game. And in this one, they were Excaliburned by them, giving up four straight— Bases-loaded walks. And th- that, those were the four runs we just talked about. Brought the swords within one run. Thankfully, though, the Thunderbirds shut the door from there. Just repeat, four straight bases-loaded walks. Four straight bases-loaded walks. <laughs> How is that going to I thought I misread the box score, but I checked it three times. At least they won it. the game. Yeah, at least, yeah. Now, uh... Day two. Day two, th- again, saw the team split their games, so that gave us a 2-2 series, but the scorelines were way more lopsided. UBC suffered a disappointing 8-0 shutout loss in the first matchup before bouncing back extraordinarily well to take the second by a score of 16-2, to managing an unprecedented 15-run third inning in the second contest. Man, wait, what? 15-run third inning. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jake said it a lot better than I did. That's incredible. That's that's ridiculous. Uh UBC
0: Going back to that uh, 8 nothing loss, not ideal. Uh, they did not have long to saber their victory from the previous game before Chaminade was leading them early on. McKenna Kialoha scored in the first to start the bleeding. And then Kayla Hemney, Alexis Velasquez, and Maureen Hutchinson all had two hit days. Steadily drive that score up to 8 nothing. but you see, they got their revenge.
1: Oh yeah. Luckily, the Thunderbirds blade their opponent's farewell on a positive note. The Silver Swords actually took a 2-1 lead in this one before the third inning inning happened. The
0: 15-run third inning.
1: Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Jake. In the third, UBC got runs through now bear with me here, folks. Singles from Valky, Michaela Moore, Kaya Giorfi, Taylor Jones, and Nicole Salas twice. A double from Moore, an error from the Swords Aloha, Valky and Damara Bagan being hit by pitches from Karina Baldomino, and a wild pitch thrown by Alexis Presto Aseng to round it all out.
0: Now those 15 runs, that's a school record for most in a single inning, and just too short of the naia record which was set back in 2007 historical inning right there from thunderbirds and uh they held on to win as as you might expect
1: yeah <laughs> we'll take it the birds they will remain in honolulu honolulu looking to steal a two-game set from the marymount mariners on friday now we're going to be
0: taking a quick break for ads and psas we're going to be right back with some more ubc sports LGBTQ2i Night is a positive space for folks to learn about bike maintenance in a relaxed environment led by queer mechanics and volunteers. It takes place on the fourth Wednesday of every month at the Bike Kitchen on UBC's campus. Bring your own bike and fix them with our tools, come with questions and ask away, or learn by watching other folks work on their bikes. Beginners are always welcome. This event is entirely
1: free to attend and there will be free pizza. For more information, visit bikecoop.ca. CITR and Mint Records have released their biannual collab, Pop Alliance Volume 5. This glamorous record features staple Vancouver artists, Devourers, Swim Team, Lord Ackerman,
0: Chris Eriffic,
1: and so 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 many more. Get your copy for only fifteen dollars on iTunes or at the Mint Records store now.
0: Welcome back to Thunderbird, I, the women's volleyball team. Their seven-game winning streak was ended by the University of Calgary this past weekend in a sweep. The Thunderbirds were downed by the Dinos in a straight three sets on Friday and then in four sets on Saturday. This is the first time that the Thunderbirds women's team that they've lost consecutive matches since the first three games of the season. I
1: mean, that's good, I guess. They've been consistent up to this point. (laughs) The Dinos did a fantastic job stifling the Thunderbirds' offense. On Friday, Kira Van Ryk was the only Thunderbird who had more than five kills. She had 12 with nine digs, but hit just 0.97 and had five service errors. You know,
0: Van Ryk hitting below 100. That's an anomaly. And also an anomaly, Thunderbirds hit just 0.79, also below 100 as a team. And despite how good they usually are from the service line, they had just three aces, 12 service errors compared to eight aces and just six service errors for the Dinos. Just everything went wrong. That sounds like a sweep. <laughs> reading sounds those like stats. a sweep. And then it was a weekend sweep because Thunderbirds, they tried to bounce back on Saturday. However, two dominant set wins by Calgary set the tone. Thunderbirds managed to win the third set, but the Dinos closed off the weekend with a 25-23 to 23 win in the fourth
1: set. Just... Horrendous weekend for the women's volleyball team yeah. that was looking absolutely unstoppable. I know Van Reich. She struggled again offensively. She did have a season high thirteen digs, but only fourteen kills on a one twenty two hitting percentage. As a team, the Thunderbirds hit just o sixty six, even worse than the previous night. Even though they took that set.
0: Yeah, and the only other players who really had anything going offensively besides Van Reich were Tessa Davis and Kira Hanley. They both finished with four blocks. Davis had ten kills. Hanley had seven, but. Not many positives to glean from no. this weekend, but...
1: Is it a blip? I, I still think it's a blip. <laughs> I think they're going to bounce we back believe... just fine. Yes, we believe here in the booth. UBC finished the regular season with a 15-9 to 9, 15 and 9 record, which means they will not have a home court advantage in the playoffs as they're the number 5 seed. They will now be traveling to Saskatchewan to take on the University of Regina for their best of three quarterfinals this weekend.
0: And speaking of teams that started off poorly... uh and then ended the regular season well. It happened with the UBC women's team. University Regina women's team as well. They started 6-8 and eight and then won 10 in a row to end the regular season. So these are two teams, very similar stories yeah. uh, this season. They're going to play each other. It sucks that UBC doesn't have home court advantage. That would have been a big boost. But they can win on the road. They can do it. And an even bigger comeback story. Oh, I'm the so excited men's for this volleyball team. They've officially clinched a playoff spot. Absolutely <laughs> incredible! After a two and ten start to the season, they were dead in the water. Like all of us, discounted them at the both the last our last show of December and our first show to start the new year. No one, no one believed in them. Thunderbirds. They are nine and one in the new year, going from two and ten to nine and one to end the regular season seventh in Canada West after a sweep of Calgary. That's
1: So good I just want to jump in here and say Incredible
0: That's amazing Yeah I have no idea how this happened. <laughs> Friday, Matt Neves, well, he's one of the reasons. He barely played in the first half of the season, comes in, and he's now one of their most important players. Racked up 21 kills, 7 digs, 5 blocks. Michael Dowhenyuk, 19 kills. Danny Aspen 15 kills in the season-high, 11 digs. And Ben Hooker, maybe his best game of the season, 56 assists, 10 digs, 5 blocks. That'll do it. Great game for the Thunderbirds.
1: Yeah, as a team, they hit 296. Aspen leader leading the pack at 407. Neves also hitting 326. Jordan Deshane was the only player besides UBC's Big Three to record more than three kills, but it was enough. I mean, at the
0: start of the season, Deshane was one of the big three. Exactly. He's he's still a huge piece of this team, but Neves coming out of nowhere. Aspen ladder coming out of nowhere. Colton Lou, who was super important at the start of the season, completely fallen out of the rotation like Neves did in the first half.
1: It's working, so you can't complain with anything yeah. that Coach Mike Hawkins yeah, is credits, doing. Yeah, credits to the coaching staff for figuring this out. something that works so perfectly well. Yeah, you went through po- probably
0: every possible combination, finally found something that's stuck, and they've been rolling with it. And Aspen Leiter especially didn't play much in his first two seasons at UBC. He's in his third year now. Didn't play a ton at the start of the year, and now he has a huge role, and he's been— playing great so
1: special congratulations to him the clouds are clearing the sun is shining (laughs) the Thunderbirds recorded 50 digs in this one as well their second time hitting that mark in as many weeks Tyson Smith led the team with 16 and he ends the regular season fifth in Canada West in digs with 169 after recording 44 in his last four matches
0: and also rising up the Canada West leaderboard's hooker After not even starting the first few games of the season, he ends the regular season second in the conference in assists per set at 9.98, and he's averaging averaging 11.7 assists per set in the new year. Incredible stuff. Thunderbirds kept rolling on Saturday, 3-0 win to complete the weekend sweep. Dowhenyuk led the team with 15 kills, 7 digs, 3 aces. Neves, 10 kills, hitches, 107, though a bit of an off night. And to hyper-efficient, 9 kills, 727 hitting percentage. That's...
1: That's more of the same. I mean, we can say Neves had a bit of a down night, but it really didn't matter. This was about as close of a 3-0 win as possible, but still a 3-0 win. The Thunderbirds won their sets 25-20, 25-23, and 25-23 again. The offense continued to roll. Thunderbirds hit 295 as a team and have hit above 290 in eight of their 10 games in the new year. The two exceptions were a 259 against Winnipeg two weeks ago and a 115 against Trinity Western three weeks ago. You know. That second mark, that 115 is important because the Thunderbirds are heading to Langley to play, play the
0: Spartans in the Canada West quarterfinals beginning tomorrow. Both teams have won nine of the last 10 matches with their only losses coming against each other. Spartans' hidden percent for the season. They're hitting 325 on the year. That's absolutely ridiculous. Thunderbirds did hold hold them to 121 back on their win on January 25th. That's the Spartans' second lowest mark of the season. Hopefully, more of that
1: uh, in the coming uh, couple days. Yeah, we would all like to see that. We're going to turn to baseball now. Thunderbirds baseball headed back down to a somewhat less than sunny California to this time take on the Masters University on the diamond. In the four games ranging from Thursday through Saturday, UBC drew even going two for two while coming or two two wins, two losses while coming up on the losing end for total runs by the end of the week's excursion at minus four.
0: First game on Thursday was a thriller. UBC started off the scoring in the top of the first single Uh there's the first of three hits for leadoff batter and rookie Mike Mike Fix Simmons, who had a great weekend. Uh, he doubled, found his way home on a double play
1: later that inning. The game was deadlocked at four after five innings before the floodgates opened late. Jordan Dre singled to drive in two to make it six to four for UBC before the lead swelled to ten. Five birds in the eighth. The Thunderbirds did nearly blow it. Almost however. looking like the women's softball team out here. Yeah, as reliever James Bradwell was shelled for four runs in one and two thirds innings before UBC held on for the 10-9 victory. Now, in a shortened six-inning affair on Friday, Thunderbirds again found victory after
0: trailing 2-0 in the first inning. They put up eight straight unanswered runs to beat the Mustangs. Started in the fifth, three-run bomb from Ben Mitchell. Sorry, that was in the second. And then in the fifth inning, the offensive downpour from Fitzsimmons, Lucas Hopper and Valky Andre helped the run total grow to 7-2 to two after the fifth.
1: As the weather was progressively getting worse, so did the play of the Masters. An error in the sixth made it 8-2 to UBC, which was the final score... Ben Mitchell, Mike Fitzsimmons, and relief pitcher Daniel Serrata were the heroes in this one. Serrata came in for an ineffective Adam McLean after just one inning and put up four shutout frames with six strikeouts and just 57 pitches. That's great to hear because Serrata did not have a super good weekend last weekend.
0: Thunderbirds finally get on the board. First two wins of the season. However, they got beat in that doubleheader on Saturday. 6-1, 7-1. First of the two games, an 11 a.m. start, saw UBC implode defensively. Five errors in that game. And they also left nine men on base. That's not conducive to winning Second game started at 2 in the afternoon. Wasn't much better. Masters took a 3-0 lead. Never looked back. UBC pitchers allowed 5 earned runs. With errors also costing the team another 2 unearned runs.
1: Slight bright spot though. Overall in the weekend, rookie Mike Fitzsimmons had a nice stretch. He was batting four hundred, six hits, 6 runs, and a pair of RBIs. The final play of Ditt final day of play isn't a great sign coming into their first home stretch of the new year kicking off february 23rd against concordia oregon for a three-game series but hopefully ubc can take its split weekend and use it towards a productive future the birds are just two and eight now on the year now we've got to wrap up but most important thing
0: coming up in the next few days the U sports swimming national championships here at ubc at the aquatic center that starts tomorrow come out come support our ubc swimmers because it's the only playoff action that's actually going to happen on campus because both volleyball teams and men's basketball and women's uh, hockey are all going on the road for their playoff games. We also got golf next week and with that Thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news, standing and stories is to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is the Arts Report. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake and Corey with contributions from Liz Wang and the indispensable Jacob Ayer. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful rest of your evening.